We are delighted to partner with Jane Plan, the UK's leading weight management system, for this season. Use unique code TWC50 for an incredible £50 off at www.janeplan.com. I think turning 50 has been such a big confidence boost. Suddenly, I do, honestly, I, can, I feel like I can, I can do anything, which is one, <laughs> one joke I'm currently working on at the moment that... I'm almost um, like I have the opposite of imposter syndrome because I think, yeah, of course I can do that. Absolutely. Which obviously I can't. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Two Women Chatting. I'm Michelle. And I'm Liz. We have such a funny lady coming on later that I'm very psyched about meeting. But the reason that we asked her on was kind of talking about bravery in midlife you know, sometimes we've lost our confidence. Perhaps we've been doing the same thing, same job, same parenting, kids have left. And trying to do something brave in midlife, perhaps it's, I don't know, I would say it's probably harder than doing something brave when you're in your 20s, when you sort of have no fear of consequence or mortality Mm. in quite the same way. And it doesn't have to be massive. You know, we've talked to Louise Minchin about being fearless in, in, in adventures and challenges. But you can be brave in all kinds of ways, can't you? I think it's what how you define bravery or being brave. It's something that I've been thinking about and chatting with Paul is you know, meeting new people. Mm. At, at our age, we, we, we might have lost, I want to say lost, but people that we knew when the kids were at school. Yeah. They were, we've sort of maybe lost contact because we haven't got, the, you know, the, I don't know, Just it's not it's not through purposely losing contact it no. just happens but you go in different directions don't you and sometimes just because you are just because you have friends at the same school doesn't mean that that friendship is going to continue necessarily when they've all left school and, and graduated yeah i mean it, it's just natural it's like anything you know it's, it's, it's a different stage in your life and i think it's quite brave to meet new people to step out of that it's just a comfort zone of your little group of friends or your big group of friends but and to make some new friends. I know exactly what you mean, because James and I will eventually move to the States, most likely Florida in a few years. But we have a place there now. And all this time that we've been going there, Longboat Key, gorgeous, absolutely love it. It's always been with our family. It's always been with the kids. And we have used that as our anchor as we've moved around the world and the kids have had different addresses, different universities. That has been our place, more than our home over Mm. here, because... Some of the kids have never lived in this house properly. True, yeah. um, so that is our anchor point. But even though it's a friendly area, there's lots of things going on and we've joined a few clubs, we've never really met anybody. And I tell you what, we were very excited last September when we were there. We decided to try pickleball for the first time. We've both been saying that we'd really, really like to try it out. And we're like, oh, God, I feel really nervous because supposing we're rubbish and we don't know the rules. We've never played before. So we watched a few YouTube videos about how to score. How modern. How modern, how millennial. And then um, we signed up for one lesson and they were like, right, let's get an open play. Let's do it. Let's mm-hmm. let's just do it. So off off we trotted with our new little bats and uh, and our, our kit and everything. We're like, we do not know anybody here it might be really mean. They might think we're really useless. Well, two things happened, actually. Two things. One, we loved it. It was really fun and anyone can take it up at any level and it's a great form of exercise and it's social. Number two, we met 
some lovely people that we didn't expect to meet and they were so nice and sort of in that American way they said oh yeah yeah must come over but they did it they did a happy hour for us at their house Mm. Sheila and Langley shout out to you but they followed through we'd never been to a happy hour at anybody's house in our sort of little area where we live they invited 30 or 40 friends Wow. And happy hour turned into happy hours. And it also turned into a bit of a Zumba class and line dancing. It was so fun. We met so many people. But, you know, James and I had been very cautious. We didn't know whether we'd be accepted or whether it was easy to find people in common with us. And now we have all these pickleball friends and people in our neighbourhood that when we go back every other time, we can connect with and you know, I think doesn't sound that brave, does it? But it, it was no, brave. It, I know exactly what you mean. It is, it is brave. I still don't know what pickleball is, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't, I won't. You can tell me later. But it is brave because when you're young, you don't, you don't have the inhibitions. You just went and played around. You just went up to people and played. But you have structure. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, that's true. You're going to, to school. a playground, yeah. And even as parents of young children, you are going to the school to drop them yeah, off. Yeah, good or, point. You know, you're meeting through play dates and you might stay on the doorstep a little longer and get to know the person that's yeah. from, you know, parents of your kids. You meet them at the PTA meetings and volunteering at school. As soon as school finishes and you're an empty nester, well, can you hear that? That's, that's the tumbleweed. That's, <laughs> that is life after school if you haven't gone and made other friends. Yeah. It would put the positive on this. But I am yeah, putting the positive yeah. because, you know, you... I, I personally think you don't define your friendships only by school friendships. Oh, God, no, no, no. And you've got friends from before, I've got work, you know, you've worked yeah, friends. Tennis you're friends. But it's more, it's, hobby it's, friends. it's that, you've, you've got a bigger group of friends. You, you, I don't know, it's just, I'm sure it was you as well. You, you, you got invited to a lot more things because you're just part of a bigger group. Mm. And you may not, you know, like as much as other other people. And the same as you're just saying, this group that you're just of, of 30, 40 you're invited you may only, not say not get on with them, but about 10 of them or five of them, or even one couple. Yeah. You don't need lots of friends. Oh, totally. It's quality over quantity every single time. Mm-hmm. But I th- on this point of bravery, and uh, we need to have our guest to come join mm-hmm. us. Oh, gosh, yes. She was so brave, read about her in a magazine where at the age of 50, she decided to become a stand-up comedian. Now that, that is, is brave. brave. So let's welcome Tracy Davis. So we've got Tracy Davis with us. Um, she's a Brighton-based travel writer, journalist. <laughs> oh, blimey, here we go. <laughs> so sorry, right. Sorry, sorry. Oh. <laughs> Keep writing. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that's typical. funny. That's Honestly. Typical. She just wants attention. <laughs> I do apologise. <laughs> good she's start. out. Okay, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Professional. <laughs> So we've got Tracy Davis with us today. She's a Brighton-based travel writer, journalist and editor of 101 Singles Holidays, as well as a former co-host of the Carry On Travel podcast. You may have seen her byline in all sorts of magazines and national newspapers like The Times, Mail on Sunday, Prima, Good Housekeeping. Um, But what we've got her on for today is that she has jumped out of her comfort zone and Tracy, it at midlife, (laughs) At the age of 50, what have you decided to do? I've decided to become a stand-up comedian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe that. You're amazing. I can barely, I can barely believe it myself. <laughs> so, all right, tell us your journey. How did that all come about? 
Ooh, so it was, it was, it was, I suppose turning 50 was, was the catalyst, but there was a lot of things, you know, I've always been quite interested. I did a, I interviewed um, some comedians for, for work um, a few years back and I thought, oh, it sounds really fascinating. They were telling me about this stand-up course by Jill Edwards, who is renowned in the industry, in the, in the comedy industry, um, as she has trained um, people like Jimmy Carr, Ramesh Ranganathan, uh, Angela Barnes, Sean Walsh, just a whole host of, of brilliant, successful stand-up comedians. So I was writing about this, writing about um, Jill's course and thinking, oh, I don't know, I'm quite tempted. But I never really thought I would have, uh, I would, you know, be brave enough to, to stand up on stage and do it. But then it got, I was coming up, I was coming up to my 50th birthday and I thought, right, I want to treat myself. And I thought, you know, I could go down the tattoo route, like many ladies of my age do. Uh, but I'd already just done that the year before. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so, uh, and anyway, so I treated myself um, to, to, to her beginner's course. So it's a 10 week course here in Brighton at the Comedia, which is like the, the, the number one comedy club in, in Brighton. And, um, and you know what? I just absolutely fell in love with it. And so I found it really hard though. So I did the whole, t- did the 10 week course. And at the end we did, we had a new act night at Comedia and where we got to invite all our family and friends and um, and did a three-minute spot on stage. And do you know what? That's it. I was sold after that. And I was honestly swaggering around like I was Joan Rivers, <laughs> thinking, oh, my goodness, this, this is what I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the absolute rush and thrill I got from it. Um, yeah, it's it's. I just thought, uh oh, this is this this is what I want to do now. What sort of people decided to sign up with you? Were you with a like an eclectic bunch, or was it all middle aged women? Well, <laughs> well, do you know what? I was really surprised. I was quite first. I was quite surprised how how large the course was because there were about twenty five of us on it. Um, so it meant that we were, and right from the for the 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 first day we all had to get we had to get used to getting on stage and talking and even if it's just like getting up introducing yourself getting off the stage again so yeah there was a real mix we had yeah there were quite a few older ladies I would say um one was a a retired nurse who was about to turn 60 and she was absolutely hilarious and we're still friends still friends today um there we had a vicar we had our local vicar Anthony, who was just absolutely brilliant. Um, and then there was just a real mix of real mix of people. But we all the big thing is we all really bonded over this because you're you're throwing yourself into something and, and you're pro- yeah, you're properly putting yourself out there. So everyone was in the same boat, but we've but we've got, you know, we've all got like a wait um, WhatsApp group together. And it was so supportive and it was such a nice thing to do on a Saturday afternoon where you go and just be really silly. And make and you know try to make everybody uh, each other laugh and it was the, honestly um, one of the best things I've I've done. I absolutely loved it. I mean, I can imagine all you were all being silly, but do you also have to really like be raw, be quite vulnerable as well to get to to some kind of difficult subjects mm-hmm. to make fun of My- those. Yeah, it's hard. So the, the the thing um, as I mentioned in in the article. Um, Jill always said, you know, make it personal. Tell, tell a joke only you can tell. And that's the thing. And even when we t- try to go, because it's really sometimes, I mean, I find, I've got to say, I do find the right, as a, as a writer for a living, I find the writing really hard because it's such a different way of writing. So you've got to make it really tight, really 
snappy, um, every word must count. Um, so none of this fluffiness that I'm, <laughs> that I'm often used to <laughs> in, in travel. Um, so, yeah, I found that quite hard. Who do you practice on? Um, well, you know, that really, so we have, so I'm doing now doing Jill's, um, advanced course. So where oh, so you're really anyone, funny. So yeah, super, super funny. Well, I think so. And that's the big problem. <laughs> um, it's my, so I made the mistake once when, um, a friend of mine said, Oh, well, tell us one of your jokes. And so you tell it. And if it doesn't, if they don't laugh immediately, these are not like, you know, these aren't sort of knock, knock jokes. They, they, they're almost said with, you have, it has to, they always sort of, the, it comes within the set. So you need like to have the setup and the, so it's really, really hard to go, well, here's my joke and I shall tell you this. Um, because often it, it won't really land because you're not getting the whole, the whole experience. But that sounds really. No, no, <laughs> I get that because like, yeah. it's, it's not, a stand-up comedian is not just spont- spontaneous, like witty remarks. It's a really well-practiced routine, isn't it? T- to the word, practically. But then within that, you've got to deal with hecklers, <laughs> hecklers, and and pauses, and 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 if you forget, if you forget your line, or you know, you forget the punchline, which I have done before, and that's really awkward. And it's also, and you need to have the eye contact with the audience, and it's all about sort of being very much being in the room. So as much as I, when I did the course um, and then I went on to the advanced course, I've only been gigging for a year now. Coming up in October, it'll be a year. Gigging, and that's when you, you. I know, I know, I love it. I'm sorry, I can't come out tonight. I've got a gig. <laughs> um, and that's where you really learn it. I, I kind of say it's like learning to drive. You know all the sort of the basics and everything, but you've got to get out there. And that's when you learn that all the different pauses. And sometimes a joke can, the, how it lands will be all on how you perform it that that. Uh, on the night really so it's really yeah it's it's so interesting and this is why I think people get really like obsessed with it because you're learning all the time and you get out there and sometimes when you have like I did a I did a gig um in July and it was quite a big deal for me it's a stomping ground in home and it was quite they had a, a, a big tv headliner um it was a great lineup and they were allowing me to have a little five minute set so I invited everybody I knew to come and witness the, the, this. <laughs> and I really felt, it was terrible. I was nervous because it was, you know, lots of my friends were then who hadn't seen me for, you know, since the new act night. And then, but you know, I tell, uh, I've got to say it went down very well and I was very pleased with myself, but that sort of, oh, this is amazing. Oh my goodness. But to bring me back down to earth, I did a gig on the following Tuesday and completely bombed. <laughs> it was a I very was young audience. I going to ask you, yeah, if yeah. you've ever bombed. That must be awful to tell a joke and there's just nothing. It is. And you kind of sort of, you know, before you think, oh, no, that's really bad. But, you know, a, a lot of the, the things I talk about are, you know, around bit, you're around midlife. So I talk about um, menopause. I talk about divorce. I talk about, I've got teenage twin girls um I talk about you know all these things and the the audience that particular night were very very you know 18 year old lads they have no interest in a menopausal woman's opinion <laughs> <laughs> and actually I guess if you forget your line you can always just blame it on menopause because it's part yeah, of exactly, exactly. <laughs> boom 
In fact, sometimes I just stand stand on the stand on the stage and sweat. I said, "You're watching a menopausal woman in action right now," which is what happened a couple of weeks ago. And I was like pouring with sweat, going, "There you go. You know, this is all true stuff." That's yeah. awful, isn't it? I mean, it's one thing I think to to push yourself when you're you're, you're younger, right? Because you just don't have those fears that. But when you've been, you know, when you're a midlife woman and you're trying to put yourself out there, a lot of our confidence gets crushed through one thing and another, through life and hormones. Weirdly, hormones, we get more anxiety, don't we? And and that can affect us. So what you have done is wildly brave. And we both applaud it so much. So so what's your target? Do you think you'll do Edinburgh? What, what are you thinking? I would love to. I'd love to. So... Um... I think I think back to the confidence. I think turning fifty has been such a big, a a big confidence boost. Suddenly, I do honestly. I can, I feel like I can, I can do anything, and which is one one joke I'm currently working on at the moment that I'm almost um, like I have the opposite of imposter syndrome because I think, yeah, of course I can do that, absolutely. Which obviously I can't <laughs> but um yeah but so I would love love to do Edinburgh um I'm starting I've got a I've got a gig this weekend here in, in Sussex where I'm with some pretty big deals so uh Zoe Lyons is um it's a fantastic t- you know big tv very successful tv community also based in in Brighton and I'm on the bill with her so I am beside myself with excitement um so yeah I think I'd just like to yeah keep going keep going build up my set I've yeah, to, to sort of ten minutes, twenty minutes, and then see how we go. How do you find the other, you know, other comedians? Are they very supportive of you coming in, at, you know, slightly later age? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? It's the lovely. So, so I've currently only gigged in Brighton, Brighton, and a little and Sussex. Um, so I haven't got, come up to London yet, and I'm a bit nervous about it because uh, it feels like, oh, it's London. Um, but everyone here, the circuit's really lovely, and people are really supportive. If, like me, you're looking to lose weight, then take a look at Jane Plan. Jane Plan is the UK's leading weight management system that creates deliciously healthy meals and delivers them directly to your door. Together with their support, you'll lose weight, feel healthier, happier and more in control of your eating habits. Created by nutritionist Jane Michelle, Jane Plan is the easy and healthy way to lose weight. All your breakfasts, lunch, dinners and snacks are pre-prepared, perfectly portioned and nutritious. Taking the worry away when it comes to managing your weight. There's no calorie counting, no weighing, no complicated recipes to follow and virtually no shopping either. In fact, all you need to do is heat and eat. And with personalised support from their qualified nutritionists, you'll join over 100,000 Jane planners who have lost weight and kept it off. Pause. Coming to London soon. Empowering women through the menopause. Visit pauselive.com. How do you think dealing with hecklers, your your own dog included, (laughs) has helped you just generally in midlife? Do you wish, I certainly wish I did, as a 20-something, I wish I knew how to deal with hecklers, partly like sexism in the workplace, or it's that kind of um, quick wit, put it down, yeah. get get the focus back on you. That is a skill that I wish every woman could learn somehow. 
Do you know, I think, in, in, to, to be honest, I haven't had many hecklers because the the, the nights I do, the, the MC is usually very good at saying, you know, you want to heckle anybody, don't heckle the acts, heckle me, blah, blah. But there has been, you know, a few. And and to be honest, I'm, I'm in such a, when you're on stage or when I'm on stage, I feel in kind of in control of it. And also I think being older and and like being in my 50s, I don't, I don't care as much now. So there's, I think there's very little, there's very little that someone can say to me. Like, you know, part of my act, I, you know, my hair is this big wild thing. And uh, when it gets hot, it gets bigger and bigger. And I make a thing of that um, in my set. And I think, make a thing of like, you know what? I absolutely just don't give a, I, I, honestly, I don't give a damn. So it's really freeing. I find, I think that's the biggest thing I've noticed and possibly why I've gone into this. I mean, I'm, I've always been quite a big show off anyway, but this just feels, it's, it's actually feels quite a, quite a natural step for me in that, right, okay, I want some attention, I'm going to do this. And, and it's on your terms too, yeah, isn't it? It's and, all on my terms. And you feel invincible. Yeah. And why not? <laughs> and why, why not? not? So, I mean, I think if I decided to be a stand-up comedian, my family might leave the country. Well, <laughs> Oh, yes, they have. Ah. So I could become a stand-up comedian, <laughs> although I won't. But how have your family supported you? And, and you know, have they come to your gigs? And, you know, probably you're talking about them, aren't you? Yes, I am. And no, they haven't. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, interestingly, so when I, um, when I was learning and doing the course, um, you basically, you start off with jokes about yourself. It's really, it's really important to make it all personal. So you start off with like true fact jokes. So you make, make, you know, something about me. So I've got um, identical twin girls, um, which give me a whole seam, rich seam of content <laughs> and it's ongoing. So they do know that I have jokes about them in my set and they haven't come to see me. I mean, I said you, you're very welcome. To, I mean, it's, it, it's fairly gentle. I think they would be okay with it, um, but they haven't come to see me. Um, rest of the family, but they are supportive. I would say my kids are very, so I've got an older boy as well, and they are, I think they're quite, since I've been doing it for, so I've been gigging for about a year and a year before that. So I think they're quite proud of me actually for doing it because it's quite, because they tell people all the time, oh, mum's, you know, my mum's a stand up and she, you know, she does, oh, she's out, got a gig, whatever. But whether they'd come, I think they would be mortified. But then again, I think on my, if I was just going to see my parents, uh, standing up on stage, but <laughs> I would still be mortified. So yeah, bad enough us doing a podcast. Oh, I don't know. I think <laughs> well, no, my, I, my, no, my kids, kids listen. listen. That's actually. what I mean. We've sort of, we've met, we've Do they? So yeah. when when I had um, when I did um, our travel podcast, the kids didn't listen to that either. <laughs> So, which is fine. Well, I, they say they do. Yeah, they I think, download it. Yeah, and then they pretend. Which is almost the same, so, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, but they're a bit they're a bit older as well, aren't they? No, I message sometimes there's a relevant you know topic that I think could be interesting to them. But. Lots of relevance, I think, in our podcast to all sorts of people. Not yes. necessarily to my son sometimes. Maybe <laughs> like not. That's not not really our demographic. Although, though, is to it? be fair, he, he understands why I'm so grumpy. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> for anyone thinking of stepping outside their comfort zone, being a bit brave, what advice would you have for them? Um, I would definitely recommend 
doing a course. I mean, I thoroughly recommend Jill Edwards' course, of course. But um, because the thing is, when a lot of people who go into, and I see it on the open mic circuit here, and I would have thought it before, I think, I'm quite a funny person. You know, I can make my friends laugh. I'm going to get up on stage. How hard could it be? Oh, well, it's really hard. (laughs) So I would definitely do some sort of course to give you the basics because there are there are sort of basic rules that you need to know um also watch an awful lot of comedy so i go to a lot of live gigs i watch a lot on 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 netflix and amazon um i try to watch as much as possible and you really learn an awful lot and you learn equally from from dreadful gigs as well which always (laughs) i've probably learned a lot more from from seeing what you shouldn't do to what you should do so that probably relates to any sort of change of career or direction. You know, go on a course, watch net, you know, watch YouTube clips. It's the same thing, and research. then experience it, try it, research. It doesn't matter whether it's stand-up comedy or going to teaching or mountaineering, anything, anything really. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's really, it's really, and also talk, talk to other people. It's, like I say, I found it really a really supportive network, and it's very easy, you know, being you know busy working and such to let things slide. Or let things, you know, you know, I'm not sure if I want to go out and do this tonight. But every time, I guarantee, uh, I never, ever regret going out and getting up on stage and just... And the more, you know, the more you do it, the better you get. So it just feels... I mean, I don't know where it's going to go. I have no idea. I just know how much I'm really enjoying it now. And and just to see, it's just, you know, it's a fun, it's a fun, dull thing to do. And also, people are really impressed. It's a bit different. So, yeah. Great dinner party conversation, isn't it? Yeah. Although they probably really expect you to be funny all the time. That's quite a <laughs> yes, lot of Yes, that's very true, yes. Or oh, they ask for a joke and <laughs> please don't ask for a joke. So where can they find you if people want to follow you and see when you are gigging? Ah, so I do have, so I'm trying, right, so make my, my social media of choices is, is Twitter usually, but I'm now moving away from that and trying to get more into, onto uh, Instagram where I've got a comedy account called Tracy Danger Comedy Cougar. Oh, easy um, to remember. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which I'm, I am starting to populate, but I also have my, my, my standard uh, journalist work on which I, I put stuff up on which Probably is a good idea um, to keep them separate isn't it it is a good idea yeah. to keep them separate but yeah so I'm sort of learning all that so that's the best way or yeah on Twitter I'm Dolly's Day and I put everything up on there as well and Instagram the real Dolly's Day well Tracy thank you for inspiring women to potentially become a, a comedian or to just step outside their comfort zone I have one more request from you would you just sign out the way you would on stage <laughs> okay you've been absolutely delightful thank you so much i've been tracy good night really brave and what a breath of fresh air she is Oh, she's great fun she's like a new friend i really i know i could i for our listeners we carried on talking for ages (laughs) afterwards because we're just like chat 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 she was so nice i'd definitely go and see her when she's well we could go down to brighton it's not that far (gasps) should we do it we could. We do it. Well, I mean, definitely, I'm up for seeing her at a gig. I'd love to see. I'd love to see her on stage because she has. She does have a really good energy, and she seems like very warm and normal. Yeah, you know, seems like to, a really nice person to know. She, I'm sure she's going to be really big, become famous, but I think she'll still remember us. I hope she remembers us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was so much fun, and it's just an example, isn't it, of of what we can do out of our comfort zone or 
know, just trying something different. It, as we've said before, you don't have to be Louise Minchin and uh, cycle 450 miles across Argentina. You don't have to be Tracy Davis and get on stage and be a stand-up comedian. You could just join a walking group. Just, I think it's it's perhaps going back to what you enjoyed doing as a kid. As Tracy said, she's always been you know telling jokes, impersonating, whatever. So she's gone and taken it a little bit step further. Yeah, yeah. Whilst, you know, what about you? What would you st- take a step further? Well, I do. Uh, I was quite brave when I was younger. I mean, I did things like gliding, and I was a, yeah, I was training to be a glider pilot. Would you even believe? I jumped out of a plane, did a parachute yeah. jump. Not a chance. Not a chance I would do anything like that no, now. No, do something related to it. I, I wouldn't... You know, what would I do? I think... i tell you what I've done that I thought was quite brave and I was quite proud of myself. Um, you know, listeners will know that I love tennis. A couple of years ago, uh, may, may have been pre-COVID, I can't even remember now, I know I was over 50, I took myself on a tennis holiday in Crete by myself. Never done a holiday by myself, in ever. And I was like... <gasps> What will I do if I've got no one to sit next to at lunch? Uh, my phone is my crutch. And you know what? It was okay. I didn't, I wasn't going there to go and socialise that much in the evening. So I didn't want to go and do the drinking and stuff. I just wanted to play tennis for hours and hours and hours every day. And in the evening, you know, I saw people that we kind of had a group table. It was fine. But that was totally out of my comfort mm-hmm. zone because I'm quite a people person. I like yeah. to, I do like to have a, a group. But it, but I guess if you're going with, you know, there's going to be like-minded people. Mm. I, I think I'd cope with that. Yeah, like-minded. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. you're that—that's your common denominator, right there. It doesn't have to be where you live or how old you are or how much money you've got or your experience. That's all you need, isn't it? It's a bit like when you first make, you know, when I've been in different countries and my kids have started numerous schools. They weren't thrown out of the last ones. We just did move. <laughs> but, you know, it'd be like speed dating on the first parents meeting. Like, have you got a kid? Yes, we know that. Male or female? Male? No, I'm moving on. Have you got... <laughs> you know, are you nice? And they would end up on my emergency information record. Mm. And I wouldn't even know if they had a criminal record. <laughs> but you have to push yourself a little bit because sometimes you do it for others, like your family. And now I feel like we can do it for ourselves. Yeah, I think your background, because you've had to be forced out of your comfort zone a lot well not say comfort zone but you've had to do it otherwise you'd be stuck on your own yeah in a foreign country so you you've got that i think really in you anyway i think it's the people who aren't quite so um, what's what i'm trying to think of you you've got that drive i've got that i didn't oh okay you've, it, would you believe though i was god i went through the most awful confidence crisis when i was in my early 20s oh okay i actually wanted to be a tv presenter so i i started out in life working for radio and and this and that and I really fancy being a TV presenter probably not much of a surprise at this point do you know it's funny that I just never have caught all of that but this is 30 years later 30 years later and what got me through that so the trouble was I was in media my boyfriend and fiance at the time he was law I I didn't know you'd been engaged before no same one but all of his friends um, were young lawyers now, young lawyers, my daughter is one, um, and she's fantastic and gorgeous, but young lawyers are confident, confident. articulate, loudish. Yeah. They've learned how to present. And Now, little old me, at mm. 22, I felt very, very tiny. And my bloody husband, <laughs> I would crack a joke, ha, 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 and I'd say it quite quietly. 
He was like, oh, that's a funny joke. Say it exactly the same to guffaws around the room. And, you, and I would shrink even more. I'm like, you flipping and joke you, And you still married him? Do you know, he was the reason I got out of my confidence crisis. He really was. He he said, no, you are you are funny. You're, you know, you're good to have around. You're important. And and he, I wouldn't be with him if he hadn't no. done that. He, he was absolutely he the foundation of me regaining some confidence and as I moved out to the States when I was quite young with a young baby only six months old um it was hard it was hard because we got there within about three or four days he had to travel yeah and within that time I locked myself out of the house I had police come (laughs) because the baby was still inside it was a nightmare but you know I've learned like I've had constant people might look at my life and think oh you've had it easy that's all right but there's been lots of lonely times, tons of them when I've been on my own looking after young mm. children. And, yeah, I do think that I feel more confidence over 50. It's that filter thing again. And I'm really, really glad we're doing this podcast because something creative like this was always in me and I would have been very disappointed if I'd got to, I don't know, 70, 80 and never no, done anything with it. I say 60. Or 60. <laughs> yeah, well, you haven't got long, but... <laughs> That's what I mean. So... Yeah, I mean, do you feel the same way? Is there anything that you would have liked to do or still have on your agenda? I, t- I don't have a list. I think that's the wrong thing. I mean, there's obviously things I want to do in life, but there's nothing like that. But there is one thing I've always wanted to do, and mm. that's learn to ride a motorbike. Because Paul so used cool. to have one. Um, then he nearly killed me on it, so I, I went a bit, was a bit nervous. He didn't mean to. He just forgot that I was behind and half asleep. <laughs> And you know, accelerated. It's never too late. No, but I think I might go for a little Vespa. Oh, yeah, that yeah, would be Yeah, not cute. quite. So it's, sort of, you know, it's a bit of compromise. Yeah, I think... I, I, My yeah. sister learned to ride a motorbike in her 40s. Yeah. A big yeah. one. I mean, she's tall. Uh, tall. She's, tall. <laughs> she's the opposite of tall. She's small. She's about, about five foot two, That's something tall. like that. That's tall. <laughs> yeah, compared <laughs> to me. To you. Um, but... She rides, or used to ride, these really big motorbikes. Yeah. And my poor mother was terrified. But she took that up in her 40s. Yeah. I thought that was very brave mm. and um, silly. I think that's the only thing that's quite dangerous. But I need it because my fear is the kids might... I've always, I know my youngest always said he wanted a motorbike. And I tried everything to talk him out of it. Oh, yeah. Saying I'd never be silly and do something like that. Well... But they now don't, is forget the time, that. listeners. Yeah, yeah, it's never, ever too late to try anything you want to do, especially when you've lost your filters and you really don't care. <laughs> so I think that's all from us this week, isn't it? I think it? it is. Chat soon. Thanks for listening to Two Women Chatting with our special guests. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review. Even better, share with your friends. And please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. There's a link on our Instagram bio and Facebook pages. 